Okay, welcome everybody to the latest install of the SpringML Salesforce podcast. I'm Matt Whitliff, and I'm here today with Marco Casalena. How are you doing today, Marco? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing quite well. Thank you very much. So we're, we're glad you could join us today, and um, let's go ahead and get started. And Marco, if you could tell us a little bit about you know who you are and what you're re responsible for over at Salesforce. Well, I'm Marco Kesslina, and I am the GM of Einstein here at Salesforce. Einstein being the artificial intelligence capability that is built into Salesforce. Marco, uh, as GM of uh, Einstein, like, what does that make you responsible for over there? Well, that really makes me responsible for the underlying platform that is Einstein. And Einstein is really an underlying platform. Uh, it's not necessarily just one platform because it also includes our search platform. But it's this underlying capability that provides these AI features that you see in the various uh, Salesforce clouds. And so you see in Sales Cloud, we have opportunity scoring and lead scoring and things like that. In Service Cloud, we have case classification, now recommendation builder and all these things. So we have all these Einstein capabilities and underneath them is this giant AI platform that's spitting out billions of predictions per day. Yeah, so cool. I'm responsible for the platform, but I also have the teams that build the apps themselves. So in addition to the platform team that builds the underlying AI platform for Salesforce, we also build the actual application. So for example, in this upcoming release, Einstein Search is going GA, Case Wrap-Up is going GA to help uh, agents uh, actually wrap up their cases and stuff like that. So we build those things too. That's fantastic. All right, very good. So um, that's an, an incredibly exciting role, right? Uh, a, a great job. So what, what's been your career journey? What were you doing before you got to Salesforce and, and how has your career kind of evolved here at Salesforce? I have a degree in computer science, and uh, I was originally a developer. And so I you know, started as an engineer in 2005. Uh, I was hired as a developer at Salesforce. And so I was one of the original developers of the product that's now known as Service Cloud. It was called something different then, but it has evolved to be the biggest product that Salesforce sells. And after about a year of that, I sort of moved into product management instead. And so I it's sort of due to a vacuum, there just was not a product manager of the area that I was doing of Service Cloud, which at the time was the call center, telephony integration, that kind of thing. Okay. I was the developer of it. They needed somebody to talk to customers, talk to the call center <laughs> managers and stuff like that. And I was like, I'll do it. What the heck? Why not? Sure. And it turns out it seems like I was good at it. So anyway, I started doing that. And so I, that's how I moved into product. Okay. Uh, you know, although I haven't really lost my roots, honestly, I still code every now and then, not necessarily in the production environment anymore. But, uh, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I, I could, I could, uh, I could still uh, spin some code. In any case, uh, you know, I left Salesforce in 2010 and 2011. Uh, me and a couple of other Salesforce refugees restarted a company called okay. KXCN, and KXCN was a machine learning toolkit at the time. And the goal, the investors kind of brought us into. They were like, "Do something with this. You know, make it grow." <laughs> And what we did with it was effectively proto Einstein. So the idea that we had was like, hey, we could take this stuff and rather than being a machine learning toolkit, we could actually just kind of bake it into these, these products. And so we did things like lead scoring and we okay. did sort of the original version of what you what we now call recommendation builder. Uh, there, we got bought by somebody else altogether. We got bought by SAP, <laughs> so it wasn't Salesforce and that kind of caused it to die on the vine, which is kind of a shame. Uh -huh. and we all dispersed for a couple of years and then we all came back together as Salesforce decided to get serious about artificial intelligence with Einstein. A lot of us that were at KXCN actually came back together here at Salesforce and uh, now we're doing it for real. And now we have like tens of thousands of customers and millions of people who are using it every day. 
Yeah. Awesome. Super exciting. Super exciting. So obviously, you know, Salesforce giant, you've been doing AI for, for a while. You've been in the space. I'd, I'd love to just kind of get your point of view and take on, you know, wh where is this future of artificial intelligence going? We hear about it, you know, all the time, right? Um, but, you know, in particular, in the context of, of the Salesforce ecosystem, right? Where do you see the general trends and things moving with AI? Yeah, the future of artificial intelligence is invisible and mundane. <laughs> I know it's, it's so boring, unsexy right? to say it yeah, that way. Yeah, I know yeah. it's, it's so unmarketing. No, but I think true. that's I think that's really true. I think that's really true. Go go with yeah. that though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny because I mean, somebody else who was not me said once that like the definition of artificial intelligence is an intelligent feature which is so magical that it still seems like artificial intelligence. But once it becomes Workaday, like Siri, for example, you don't think of Siri really as being artificial intelligence anymore. It's so integrated into what the iPhone is. Yeah. You don't even think about it that when it's like, you know, pops up that little thing that's like, hey, it's going to take you 58 minutes to get home when you just plug it into your car. How does it know that it's in your car? How does it even know that you're doing yeah. this stuff? But it knows, right? You don't think about it. You don't even think it's AI anymore. Yeah. Uh, and that is, in general, the future of AI is actually that more and more things are going to work that way. And in Salesforce, this is happening already, right? Especially with Einstein search. I mean, it's funny because we have been in beta with Einstein search now for over a year and we have like 20% of Salesforce customers have actually turned it on. So it's our biggest beta ever. And now it's going to you know, just be generally available shortly. But that's one of those things where, so incidentally, I'm also an org admin. I, I administer the org okay. for my daughter's school, which is a small private school here in San Francisco. Cool. And I turned on Einstein search for this org once when it, you know, it prompted me and I was very excited. I was like, Oh, yeah. look, it's Einstein search. I'm going to turn this thing on. It was pretty easy to do. And the funny thing is nobody really notices it anymore. I mean, the fact is we use it all the time. You know, when you can make these natural language queries, like, you know, Joe Smith donations or donations mm -hmm. by Joe Smith this week or something like that, you could type that stuff in. You couldn't do that before. Now you can. Yeah. And it's so quotidian, so mundane that you don't even think about it anymore. It's like, Oh, you know, you don't think that's Einstein search, but it is. And we're getting, millions and millions of queries like that every day from people who have really no idea that this is like an AI backed capability, but it is. So, yeah. you know, that's kind of the future, frankly, is this kind of uh, this kind of AI that's so embedded into your everyday process that you don't even think of it as being AI. That's the goal. In fact. So as we talk about AI, right, there's a lot of it that is just behind the scenes and, and hidden and it just happens, right? And so, but then there's the other aspect where AI helps guide the end users in, in making more intelligent decisions, right? And, and ideally we wanna see a fusion between both those concepts and, you know, the computer can do some of the thinking, but then maybe the, the human needs to do a little bit and that ties into, opportunities for approvals or automation and things like that. I know th you're working on a lot of those things too, Marco. So, so talk to us about where, where Salesforce is seeing the intersection between automation and AI. Yeah, so automation is a big topic for us. And it's also very ill-defined if you think about it. You know, we, we talk about automation. Uh, incidentally, I have to say one book that really does a good job of defining what we mean by automation is called Future Proof by Kevin Roos. I just read it myself. I was a fan. I have to cool. say, I think he did a great job with it. Uh, you know, what do we mean when we say automation, really? What do we mean by that? You know, you think of like old school automation, like the manufacturing processes, like the cotton gin or something like that. But when you think about automation in the uh -huh. context of software, what does that really mean? It's rules mm -hmm. is what it really is. From, from a software perspective, 
these are rules-based systems, the same kinds of things that people have been doing since the 80s, since the 70s, really since the, the dawn of computing, I guess. Uh, that's And that's a kind, of, kind of an unsexy way of putting it. But I mean, you know, the, the way to make artificial intelligence work at scale is usually under almost every circumstance to pair it with a rules engine. And mm -hmm. you can really cast, you know, a lot of the Einstein things that we have today, they're some of the most successful things, can readily be cast in that way. You know, you think about in Marketing Cloud, you know, if you think about what we do in Marketing Cloud with Einstein, when you turn on, for example, engagement scoring in Marketing Cloud, what that's really doing is it's asking four key questions. If I send you an email, are you going to open it or not? Are you going to click through it or not? Are you going to yep. convert or not? And are you going to unsubscribe or not? So right. it's asking these four questions. And for each one of these questions, for everybody on your mailing list, uh, it's calculating this probability. You have a 25% chance of opening this email, but that probability by itself does nothing. So that's the AI, nothing. yeah, what the AI is calculating, that doesn't do anything. What's doing something is the big rules engine that is Marketing Cloud. Salesforce Marketing Cloud is a giant rules engine that has rules about your segmentation, about the audience that you're looking to reach, that's Audience Builder, mm -hmm. and about what you're sending, what communications you're sending to, and when, like that's Journey Builder, right? So I'm gonna send right, you this right. email today and this email in three days. And so those predictions, they only actually work when you couch it in a rules engine. And so for example, I might say, you know, it doesn't really matter how much likely, how likely you are to open an email for me. It matters more like, I want to send this email today to women over 35 in Canada who are most likely to open the email. And that's where I use that prediction is in the context of those rules. That's where it actually comes to life. Another example of this is a chatbot. I mean, we've seen a huge explosion in chatbot volume over the last year yeah. uh, here at Einstein. I'm sure that other uh, bot vendors have seen this too, but a chatbot is really a combination of AI and a rules engine. The rules engine in this case is a dialect state machine. So this is more like, you know, you're transitioning from one dialect to another. If you go to the California DMV right now, this is actually an Einstein bot. Okay. You go to the Department of Motor Vehicles and you can ask it stuff like, I lost my driver's license, what do I do? And that utterance that you make, what you type in there, will be interpreted by AI and we'll do some AI-ish things to it, intent extraction, name entity recognition to figure out what are you talking about and all that stuff. But we're doing that specifically so we know where to transition you to. So we have these big rules that say, if I, you know, if you were asking about losing something, I'm going to go over here. And specifically, if you're asking about losing your dialogue, I mean, your driver's license, mm -hmm. I am going to, you know, take you to the dialogue that says like, here's how to replace your driver's license. That's exactly what it does. So again, it's AI interlocking with rules and that's how it works and when we talk about ai and automation working together what we really mean is that ai has certain outputs it will do certain things for you it'll make predictions yes and no predictions numeric predictions classifications and will uh, make recommendations but these things can't really exist in a vacuum they have to exist uh alongside and inside uh, a system of rules and that's no. where the automation comes in that's great. That's awesome. Excellent summary and a lot of, you know, a couple of really good, uh, precise examples. So, so Marco, we're going to go ahead and, uh, you know, get close to wrapping it up for the day. But uh, before you go, I do want to ask you to share your favorite analytics or AI use case, right? So we ask this to all our guests and, you know, kind of take this direct, whatever direction you want. It could be something you've worked on, could be just something, you know, academic that you think is really cool. Uh, it could be something that's really basic, but just, you know, really speaks to you. What What is your anal favorite analytics or AI use case? Well, I'm going to choose recommendation. And recommendation is a super overloaded term. So specifically, I'm going to 
point to something that we just released, which is recommendation builder. You know, it's something that I have been noodling on, as I mentioned earlier, for over 11 yeah. years now, I think. Yeah. But recommendation builder allows you to recommend any object for any other object in Salesforce. And that's, you know, revolutionary because of how easy it is to set up and how little it has to ask you to make this work, provided you actually have historical data in Salesforce. It's actually remarkably good at making these recommendations. So when I'm talking about recommendations, I'm really talking about recommending things or actions to people or to other things. And so it's a, it, it's a fairly wide ranging capability, but it interlocks with our next best action system. You know, we've done a lot of work with uh, folks at SpringML mm -hmm. on next best action. Recommendation Builder adds a whole new dimension to that, which is this kind of machine learning dimension uh, to it, which next best action up to this point, next best action has been solely a real-time rules engine, but now right. it's a real-time rules engine that, that's informed by artificial intelligence. So recommendations and recommendation builder cool. is uh, something I'm super jazzed about. So I'm, I'm going to give you one follow-up off of that, Marco. Give, give us one kind of classic uh, either sales cloud or service cloud type of use case that you know you think lots of customers are going to see where, where recommendation builder can come into play. Absolutely. You know, it's really funny. When we do the pilot periods for these things, there's always these use cases that come out that we never, ever would have expected. And the one that's really come out of Recommendation Builder has been the field service use case. I mean, you often think about Recommendation okay, yeah. Builder as being something like, you know, people who bought these shoes often bought these socks. You just bought these shoes. You might think about buying these socks. It could do that. But uh, in field service, what we found, and there's a whole bunch of customers that are doing this now with Recommendation Builder, is uh, they're, rolling, they're rolling a truck to go fix something, to fix a refrigerator, to fix a, a, a mammography machine or whatever it might be. And they want to know, what part should we put on the truck to ensure a first call resolution? They don't want to have to roll that truck yeah. down. That's expensive. And so this is a remarkably common use case that we've found. In fact, our first template coming out in this coming release, in the summer release, is exactly for this parts to work order in field service. So basically, you kind of auto-populate recommendation builder. You don't even have to go to the builder anymore. You just click, 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 and then recommendations. Here they are. Uh, so, so yeah, what parts should we put on the truck? Recommend me that. This is a very common use case. Cool. Well, very good. Marco, it's been a pleasure to learn more about uh, what you're doing and the exciting things going on at Salesforce and just kind of get your perspective on future of AI and automation. Um, so really a, a pleasure to have you and, and thanks for thanks for being on the show. All right. Well, thank you very much. Have a good day. All right. All right. Thanks, Marco. Bye.